0: listening to Faith That Works, a podcast ministry of Faith Community Church, Indianapolis, Indiana. This is Pastor Steve Nanny, and I'm so thankful that you've tuned in today. We are working through a series on Sunday mornings in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John called Walk in Light, Walk in Love. Please stay tuned to the end of the sermon today, and you'll hear more information about our church and how we would love to hear from you, and come visit us on a Sunday morning at some point. Now, we're going to pick up a Sunday morning in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, walk in light, walk in love. Thanks for listening. 1st John, chapter 2, let's begin. Uh, We've been talking about walking in light, walking in love. And then we talked last week about the idea of walking in truth. Walking in truth. And how there are groups of people who are trying to pull us away from the truth called Antichrist. There's a spirit of Antichrist. of people who are trying to pull us away from the truth. Anything to get our eyes off of Jesus. It's going to be important that we do everything we can... Because the world wants us to look at anything but Jesus. And it's going to be important. We work really hard to keep our eyes completely on Jesus. And it really doesn't matter what we want. What matters is what he wants. It's Jesus. It's his church. It's not your church. It's not my church. It's his church. So we've got to do it his way. We've got to live life. I'm bought with a price. Now I belong to him. I live my life to honor Him, because I've been bought with the price. Therefore, honor God with your body. You following that? So that's going to be important. So we walk in truth. So let's review just for a second. Walking in light. We talked about staying in the light, right? In order to stay in the light, we've got to stay close to God. Confess our sin. Forsake our sin. Obey the word of God. This is what it means to walk in the light. Then we talked about walking in love. Hey, listen, you have to love each other. Amen. You have to love each other. This side. Amen. Amen. You have to love each other. You can't say you love God and you don't love your brother. You're a liar. You can't say that about me. I didn't. The Bible did. Right? The Bible says that. Right? You just hold on tight. This First John stuff, you just think it's been rough. It's going to get rougher. Some of y'all might want to miss a few weeks. I'm just being honest. Unless you, right Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. He said I could. No, he didn't. Love your brother. Do not love the world. You can't love the world and love God. You can't. And when I say the world, we're not talking about the trees and planet Earth. We're talking about the spirit of the world, the selfishness of the world, the greed of the world, the lust of the world. You can't love it. You can't love it. Hey, God gave you stuff for what purpose? To give it away. It's not yours. Everything you have belongs to Him. You are a steward of everything He's given you. It's not for you. It's maybe God gave you stuff so you could honor Him with your stuff. Hey, you've got to understand, this is a way of thinking we have to understand. We submit to God in everything. Walk in truth. So we beware of the counterfeits. There's counterfeits out there. right? Looks like it. Thinks like it. But then remember what we talked about last week about the gallon of milk? you got to give it the sniff test. Sometimes people tell you things and you're like, "Mm, that ain't right. Mm, Something funny over there. Yeah, that's the Holy Spirit giving you discernment. Sniff it out. Sniff out this sermon. Go home. Study it. Tell me. If I do something wrong, if I quote something, sometimes I think I can put anything on the screen, and y'all be like, yeah. You go home and check it. I'm going to put the wrong, I'm going make it up scripture and put it up there, right? You ought to study. I'm just going to tell you. You ought to go back this week and, and kind of, you're taking notes today. You should be, could be. It's good for you, right? Just a handful of things. I ain't going crazy. But then go back this week and review them, right? Review them, right? Study it out so the Antichrist, what do they do? They depart from the fellowship. Now, these aren't people, uh, John tells us, that are leaving the First Baptist Church for the First Methodist Church. These are people who are leaving First Baptist Church and saying, we're going to do our own thing now. Y'all all all wrong. Look at all these modern cults today. It's because they looked at the church and said, y'all are all crazy. I'm going to start my own thing, my truth, my way my right and everybody else is going know you're crazy right it's when we leave and can I just share this real quick this is not rocket science when you leave when a sheep leaves the flock it's in danger I'll say that one more time but do you ever um, crossed an intersection even though it didn't have the green guy and it had the hand but there was like Fifty of you going at one time and somebody said there's safety in numbers right and so you're, you're, you're crossing the street maybe there's something that shouldn't be so you're, you're crossing because like well there's no cars coming and there's a whole bunch of us that have decided to all cross at one time we should be safe there's safety in numbers same with the body of Christ you will grow and mature and develop and be all that Christ wants you to be together. Together. When you skip church, let's just break it way down. When you skip church for three months, you don't want to go back. Am I right or what? I mean, you, I mean, you don't want to go back. I mean, I don't know about that, but I've heard. Right? We were just talking about, you know, sometimes I say crazy things early in the morning, just crazy things at my house, right? So I was cold this morning, I'm going to be honest. I looked at my wife and I said, let's skip church today. And then I went like this. (laughs) Oh, I'm a a jokester, because I was kidding, right? Because that's not even, that's not even, that don't even cross, right? I mean, it did cross my mind, but you understand? The idea, Because can I tell you? I need you and you need me. I do. I need you. I look back in the back. Judith, I'm just going to point you out. When you're here at church, Judith, I'm happy. Makes me happy. Right? Rachel back there. Rachel, you are awesome. I mean, sitting next to Pam, probably not helping you. But you know, it's all right. <laughs> Pam knows I love her. Pam's like, he's always picking on me. It's because you married to Chuck. It's, you know, it's... We we are we are safer together. Can, can anybody really be honest and say I dropped out of church for three years? I've never been closer to God. No, it's a contradiction, you know. A twenty five box of little Debbie cakes never been healthier, <laughs> right? Never been more diabetic, maybe, right? It's just not the way, right? Because we got to go by the truth, right? God wants us, do not forsake the assembling together of ourselves. We're safer together. God wants us together. We're stronger together. It's when the spirit of Antichrist gets in us and says, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to navigate over here. You know what? Oh, mm, y'all, I got this. Just leave me alone, and I've got this. It's that kind of spirit that gets us in trouble. So we need to come together. We need to come together. Because can I tell you what? Only God in his love and through his son Jesus could cause a bunch of weirdos like us to all get together and get along. We're as different as we could possibly be. You're going to find out at lunch today. Some of y'all are changing mind about staying now. You know, but when we're, to- are we as- we're as different as we can be. These Army people can't get along with the Navy people, saying the Marine people are better than the Navy people. I mean, what is what's going on? You know, you got, you got people that like the cold, people like the summer. People like the fall, people can't wait for spring. People are already complaining about winter. We just got here. It's going to be a life. You're already complaining about winter. It's going to be a long one for you. And it's amazing how people get shocked by cold weather. It comes every year. <laughs> this is no surprise. People are like, oh, it's snowing. Yeah, we live in Indiana. It's winter. It happens. i got to scrape my car off again. How long have you lived here? This just what we do, right? And so we just, right? But we're, we're, we're just so different. But God, through his son, unites us in our heart. And we have the blood of Jesus flowing in all of us. You following that? And so what, you know what the beautiful thing is that next Saturday we will all a bunch of weirdos get in the parking lot because it won't be about you and it won't be about me and it won't be about this building and it won't be about faith. It'll be about Jesus. Amen. It'll be about Jesus. And if we can keep it about Jesus, we can all get along. We just got to keep it about Jesus. See, when we, when we don't make it about Jesus, that's when people start fussing and fuming and fighting, right? Hey, can I tell you? I'm just off topic now, but this is good preaching. Amen. So your marriage is about Jesus. Your marriage is about Jesus. Your marriage is about bringing glory and honor to Jesus. You're married to someone you don't understand. You know this already. (laughs) Make it about Jesus. Make it about Jesus. It's not about you. Do they have things that get on your nerves? Maybe. So what? It's not about you. It's It's about Jesus. It's about doing it God's way. It's about Jesus. It's about what will bring Jesus the most glory in my church. Hey, listen, the coworker you were next to, you don't get along with him. So what? It's not about you. It's about Jesus. And see, when we become self-centered and thinking about ourselves, we depart the flock, we depart the fellowship, we deny the Father and Son, we leave... These deceived lives, and we start living apart from truth and apart from Christ and doing our own thing, and we separate from the body, and we separate from the truth, and we separate from the Word. Can I tell you, this is dangerous territory? Dangerous, dangerous territory. And so that's what we've been talking about. So let's look at 1 John, last two verses of 1 John chapter 2. Let's read it together today. Let's look at the screen, or you can look at your Bible, either way, we'll read it together. Here we go. One, two, three. And now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. We'll take one verse at a time. Let's take verse 28. It says right there, And now, little children, Abide in him so that when he appears, I want to give you a promise today. Jesus is coming back. As sure as we're sitting here today, as sure as anything, as sure as I have breath in my lungs, Jesus is coming back. Now that evokes different emotions for different people in the room. There are times in my life that that put great fear in my heart. Jesus come back. <laughs> I'm, ready. I'm, ready. I'm not ready. you're not ready. Not ready. And then there's a time I'm like, please, Lord. Please, Lord. Please. You I opened the mail yesterday. Could you come back before the 10th of next month? I mean, Lord, you know I need you to return these streets of gold if you could just sprinkle some of that down right now to help me right you understand jesus i need you to come back tomorrow you know i've got a medical procedure on tuesday and i am not looking forward to it so monday sounds like a good day to come on jesus right right then you're you're a, you're a, you're a child or you've got something you want to accomplish or you know and so all these So he tells us right here, he says, "Abide in Him." You know, just just a thought. I think I wrote this down. Um, Where did I put this here? One out of twenty-five verses in the New Testament deal with Jesus coming back. Three hundred eighteen times in the New Testament, it talks about Jesus coming back. That's significant. That's a lot. Jesus is coming back, and so it comes down to this. So, where will you be? So that when he appears, that's the truth, little children abide in him. We're going to get to that. That's important. So that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. When he comes back, you'll probably be in one camp or the other. You'll be confident or you'll be ashamed. Confident. Now that seems like a pretty distant difference between those two. But for those of us that are abiding in him, we're walking with God. we're, We're doing the best we can. Not saying perfection, but we're abiding in him. Then when he returns, we can be confident. Not that we've done everything perfect, but I'm in him. And because I'm in him, I don't have to be afraid. There are times when our children trust us and then they get smarter and they stop. Our, they, they think they're smarter. They think they're smarter. Like, do you know how to do this? You didn't ask me that when you were three years old. Why are you asking me this at 15? I don't know why I pulled 15 out. There's no reason for that. I mean, they're just 15. I just happen to be an expert in 15-year-olds. Right, I've had several of them in my house So, so you understand But see we got, We've got to just trust God We've got to abide in him When we abide in him we're confident And then there's that flip side of that coin That some people will be ashamed If he came back today Where would you fall I mean that's a question that, That's the question we all have to answer If Jesus were to come back Before you eat lunch today but, You know I'll be honest, when I, when I do worship, when I sing, God, if that was my last worship service on earth, did I honor you? Not was I picky about the songs, not did I, oh man, I just wish this song would end. I could stand this one. He said, clap, I'm not feeling it, don't care. Not really into that today. My hands are cold, not doing that. Right, I mean, that's, but if this was my, if this was my last worship service on planet earth, How'd I do? Because there's a day coming, this will be your last day. Am I right? Now, I know you think that's sombering and that's scary. If we're abiding in him, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be anything you're afraid of. It doesn't have to be anything you shrink away from. His coming is something you can stand up with confidence and say, Come on, Jesus, I'm ready. (coughs) And we need to stay there. So how does he say to do that? Little children, what does he say do? Abide in him. Abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence. So how do we, be, how do we get ready? Be childlike. Be childlike. So I wrote, I just came up with a little list. What does it mean to be childlike? First thing is keep it simple. How, how many times have we overcomplicated faith in Jesus? Or we've overcomplicated? Now, I'm telling you, I'll be honest. I love doctrine and theology as much as the next guy. But I don't want to talk about it for five hours. I don't want to get lost in, who was Cain's wife? Where'd Where'd she come from? What happened? Yeah, I just don't want to get lost in that and miss the wonder that Jesus loves me. And he died for me. And he wants me to become more like him. We got to be childlike church unless we come as little children think about children do we come to faith in God as children how are we going to be ready we're going to have to behave not now I'm saying childlike not childish now you hearing that you need to hear that right because there's childish behavior where people fall down you've seen the toddler that falls down and beats his hands on the floor and says I'm not moving until I get what I want that's childish and I don't know about you I've seen churches where people do that right but God is asking for us to be childlike to keep it simple to never lose the wonder of him do what the father has asked could we get there church what, what does he ask us to do so if, we're, so if I, if I want to get ready I want to get ready All right. so Jesus is coming back I want to be ready. I've got to be childlike. So a good child does what the father has asked them to do. Now, a lot of times we want to know when Jesus is coming back so that we can get ready at the last second. So mom and dad are going Christmas shopping and have given the kids the lift of chores to do. And the first question the children ask the parents is, how long will you be gone? You've got a list of things to do. What time will you be arriving back home? Because I've already assessed the list you've given me. i got about eighteen minutes worth of work here. So that means I got to about you know, that's uh, do the math, but I'll give myself tw- two minutes for mess up, about 20 minutes before you come back. I'm going to do what I want to do until the last 20 minutes, and then I'll get busy doing what my parents have asked me to do. We think like that, don't we? If you knew Jesus was coming back tomorrow, you might live different today. Would you? Because there is a day coming that he is coming back. So we have to live. Now, I'm I'm not saying like in 2 Thessalonians where... They all quit their jobs and said, Jesus is coming back. We quit working. We quit doing our thing. We're just partying because Paul said Jesus is coming back. He said, wait a minute now. He is coming back, but you got stuff to do until then. So I'm not encouraging anybody to go quit your job on Monday because the pastor said Jesus is coming back. Right? And all y'all are calling me unemployed this week because, hey, you said Jesus was coming back. Right? So, but we have to live our lives like He is coming back. Am I right? We have to live our lives like Jesus is coming back. Do what the, So what's He ask us to do? What, what's, our, what's our list of chores? Like the parents that went shopping and they give the children a list. What is he asking us to do? How about something as simple as read the word? Is that too much? Until he comes back? To have prayer to talk to Him, to trust Him, to manage what He's given you, to grow in your faith, to develop the fruit of the Spirit. How about just simply stop sinning? Jesus is coming back. Yeah, I probably should stop doing that. Yes! You definitely should stop doing whatever that is. Or start doing whatever that is. Because Jesus is coming back. What else does it mean to be dependent To be childlike, to be dependent on the Father. To live in such a way that you're dependent upon God for everything. That's a perspective he wants us to have. When we're childlike, we magnify his nature. We magnify his love. Can I tell you, that keeps us humble. It keeps us grateful. When you think about how great he is, right? I'm going to be childlike. When I think about the greatness of God, the magnitude of God that he holds the oceans in the palm of his hand, and yet he cares about me. It, it's mind blowing, church. It's mind blowing. It's humbling to think that God would love me to the depths that He's loving me. And so, when I become childlike, it helps me get ready. And so, also He says not only to be childlike, He says to do this: abide. He says, "Little children, verse twenty-eight: abide in Him." Well, what does that mean? What I, I most of you know the ladies know right this abide means to stay it means to stay stay in him don't run away stay close right anyone ever had the uh, the horrible experience of losing a child like in a mall or something they were right there and now they're gone it's like ah why didn't you stay with me we 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 want to be ready for jesus's return stay close abide abide in him Right, that means to rest. I love this verse. We talked about it with the men uh, the other day, Mark three fourteen, and he appointed twelve, talking about the disciples, so that they might be with him, and he might send them out. You ever think about it like this? What if we've overcomplicated everything, and Jesus just wants to be with us? He just, Martin Nelson, Jesus just wants to be with you. He wants to be with you, so that he could change you and teach you and show you, and then send you out so that you can introduce other people to Jesus. He just wants to be with you. Right, we've turned Christianity into a list of do's and a list of don'ts instead of just someone to enjoy. Because if we could just learn that Jesus just wants to be with me, he just wants to be with me. What is that going to do? That's going to change me. Because when I hang out with Jesus and I stay, you, you following? Now we have turned... Christianity, at least around us, to go to church on Sunday, do what you want to do the rest of the week. Get to church on Sunday, one hour, right? We even have churches saying, "Now watch this, everybody! You'll love our church because we're going to keep you for one hour a week." Woo! Come on, woo! I'm not sure why I've got a lasso going. Woo! Come to our church. We'll only occupy you one hour a week, and you can go on do your thing. What if our thing should be more time-consuming than that? What if my thing involves Jesus a whole lot more than that? How can I be a disciple of Jesus in one hour a week? Are we going to be a... See, that's the question, right? Are we going to be disciples or are we going to be church attenders? Because they don't always... Am I following that? A lot of people are church attenders. Some of you came today to church because you simply want to check the box and go do your thing. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And so we need to be His disciples. We need to be walking with Him, talking with Him, committed to Him. The world needs to see a group of people who are disciples of Jesus Christ. We work so that, watch this, we rest in Him, we work. For him. We obey. We love. We lift up the truth. Here's something else about abiding. Here's something you ought to realize. You're an alien to this world. You you don't have to be worried about leaving planet Earth if you know you don't belong here. Am I following that? Going on vacation. I'm at the age now that I like going on vacation, but I love coming home. I love my bed. I like my bathroom. I don't have to unpack. My stuff's there. It's like, you've been gone for a few days, and so you finally get unpacked, you get a and you're like, whew, it's good to be home. You're going to get to heaven one day, and you're going to hopefully say, it's good to be home. It's good to be home. Because, you know, here's the thing, and the closer you get to Christ, The more you're in the word, the more you're walking with him, this world's going to wear you out. It wears you out. The evil you see, oh, what are we going to do? I I mean, I'm not going to just ignore it, but also understand I'm not home. I'm not home. This is not my home. I'm an alien. I'm looking forward to being home. I'm not nervous when Father comes to pick me up and take me home. Because home is where I belong I don't belong here So when I feel out of sorts When I feel like something's just not right I'm just not jazzing up I'm just not I'm just not gelling with the world I, I, just, I just feel like everybody Yeah, yeah, because I'm not home Jesus even said, right? He said they're going to hate you, FYI They hated me are going to hate you Because this is not our It's not home This is not home and to think about what home will be like. To think about what heaven will be like. To live forever with all of y'all. Forever. Right? No more, what was I saying this week? Rice. Uh, no more snap, crack, pop without the Rice Krispies. You know what I'm saying? Right? You get up in the morning and it's like, what just popped? What was that the snapping? What's going on here? What? Some of y'all are like, y'all too young for that. I know it's coming. I understand. More, more to come, more to come, right? But to think about to live in eternity in heaven forever with Christ, my Savior, to look upon his face once and for all, I don't know about you, I'm kind of fired up about that. I get excited about the idea. I'm confident in the fact that he's coming and he's coming for his people. So we have to know we're aliens, right? Know we're aliens, Live righteous. Live righteous. And then the last verse. Let's look at verse 29. If you know that he is righteous, if you know that he is righteous, you can be sure (coughs) that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Listen, John 3, 3. I think it's on the screen. Yes, Jesus answered him. Truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. When Jesus is coming back, he's going to separate the born again from the not born again. You know, Pastor, you're giving me some stuff to kind of making me nervous. For the born again, you don't have to be nervous. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to be terrified. You don't have to be worried. Why? I'm born again. I belong. I practice. Everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. We're going to see this in the next couple of weeks. It's really not rocket science. If you practice righteousness, you've been born again. If you live in sin, you have not been. This is not rocket science. If you practice righteousness, if you practice righteousness, it's because you've been born again. You can't practice righteousness unless you've been born again. But if you've been born again, you practice righteousness. If you've not been born again, you can. not So all of a sudden, Jesus is separating his people from not his people. Who are with him, who's not with him. Who can be confident, who's going to shrink in shame. Because one day, we're all going to settle this. It's all going to be settled. And I'm encouraging you, church. I need you to hear me. I want to make sure you're ready. I just want you to be ready. Because it could be today. And I'm not trying to scare you into something. But I need you to understand, I have a responsibility to tell you that Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back for the born again. Unless a person is born again, they cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And that's important that you know that. So when Jesus comes back, you can't have confidence and you will be ashamed unless you're born again. Now, if you're born again, you're practicing righteousness, you're abiding in Him, you're little children, you're like, let's go, Father, come on, come take me home. Where are we going? we going home? Finally, I've been over here for way too long. I'm ready to go home. That's the attitude of the born again. And can I tell you, let me just settle a couple things in your mind real quick. You're not going to get to heaven and go like, oh, man, I hated I didn't get that done on earth. I really wanted to go to Niagara Falls. I never got there. Oh, boy. Oh well, I guess this will have to do, heaven. You won't think like that. You won't get to heaven and be like, "Uh, eh, it's okay." I mean, I there's not a I mean, the biscuits and gravy's not unlimited, but it'll be okay. We'll figure it out. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I was thinking it would be, you know, whatever. Right, you're not gonna. You, there's, there's gonna be nothing across your mind when you get to heaven and you're walking on streets of gold and you see the face of Jesus and you're gonna be like, it's okay, I guess. I mean, we'll be okay. Eternity here. It's not like it's a vacation spot. It's heaven. It's you know, it's not like. Well, what did heaven get? Four out of five stars? I guess it'll do. It's not like that. It's heaven. It's heaven. You understanding? It is nothing like here. It's an eternal reward for those who have been born again. It's a party. Forever. For some of you, you're like, I'm not looking for a party. I'm looking for peace and quiet. Well, you'll have that too. Right? It's going to be wonderful. Hey, I don't know about you. I'm ready to go. Anybody in the room ready to go? I'm ready to go. I want to go. I want to go. Now, Brother Dean, if you'll come play for me, if you don't mind, just kind of play on the guitar for me a little bit. But here, would you bow your heads and close your eyes just for a minute? Let's get this right because some of you might not be ready. And, and, and that's okay. That's what we're here to do is help you get ready. Some of you are like, well, I'm not, I'm, you know, if that, if that train's coming today, my bag's not packed. You, well, we can help that. We can get that done. We, we've we've got to get ready. We've got to get ready. You'll be at one option or the other when he returns, John told us. Little children abide in him so that when he comes, we can have confidence and not shrink down in shame. So if he's coming back today, where are you at? If he's coming back today, where are you at? Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Faith Community Church is located at 6801 Southeast Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46227. We are on the south side of Indy on the corner of US 31 and Southport Road. For more information about our church, please go to www.fccindianapolis.com. We worship Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. Sunday nights at 6 p.m. and midweek services as well. We have activities and studies for all ages. We have something for your entire family. Come be a part of our family. We would love to see you sometime. Have a blessed day and always remember that Jesus changes everything.